This is the How'd You Get Into That Podcast with Graham Baldwin, episode 44. Let's go. Welcome to the How Did You Get Into That Podcast. Each week, we want to bring you an inspiring interview or encouraging message to help you find and do work you love. Now, here's your host, Grant Baldwin. Greetings, my friends. Welcome to another episode of How'd You Get Into That. My name is Grant, and uh, it is great to have you here with us. Thanks for listening. It really means a lot. Hey, if you haven't had a chance already, uh, make sure that you subscribe to the show. I never want you to miss out on any episode. We're baking up fresh baked knowledge biscuits every single week, multiple episodes. So we want to make sure that you get in on all of those and that you get your fill of the deliciousness that our guests are bringing to your heart and to your soul. So uh, make sure that you subscribe. You can go to grandbaldon.com slash iTunes or grandbaldon.com slash Stitcher. Hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. We'd love to have you hang out with us every single week. Hey, today we've got a great episode for you. We've got my friend Chris Cerrone from the Chris Cerrone Show. He is a good dude. He's a guy who uh, obviously he runs a, a podcast. And at the same time, just a very smart businessman. He's done a couple different things. He's gone through quite a bunch of iterations of business and life to get to where he is today. So we talk a lot about his journey. If you're someone who's on a quest just to figure out what it is that you were put on this planet to do, I think you're really going to dig this interview. So let's get into it. No more of me. Let's get to Chris. Here we go. Episode 44 with Chris Roan. Enjoy. All right, what is up? Welcome to another episode of How'd You Get Into That? Today, I'm joined by my podcasting friend, Chris Cerrone from The Cerrone Show. Chris, what is up, my man? What is going on? I am super, super excited for this interview. I really am. Dude, I'm, I'm pumped to talk to you. We, uh, we've chatted a lot online and offline, and uh, so we, we just have this mutual man crush and uh, bromance going on, so uh, the listeners get to join and share in that today. So, Chris, give us a, a snapshot of what your business is and, and tell us a, a little bit about what you do. I'm still trying to figure that out, my friend. That's all right. That's all right. No, I'm, <laughs> no, I, uh, I'm a podcast host. I host a, a top-rated show. I am a part of a lot of different things. I do speaking. I do consulting. Uh, more recently, and you and I were kind of chatting about this before you record, is I run a paid group with my co-host. So if if there were, if this were a tree, if I were a tree, I would say the trunk is the Chris Cerrone show, and everything else is just branches off that tree. Beautiful. Like that, uh, like that illustration. So <laughs> I know that this didn't just magically arrive here today, so let's backtrack a little bit. Now, sure. I know today you, uh, you live in Vegas, right? Correct. Where'd you grow up? Las Vegas. I'm born one of the raised? very rare few. Yeah, very rare. Born and raised. I As much crap as I talk about Las Vegas, I will probably die here. So let's just get that straight. <laughs> so it's not... <laughs> I was uh, I was just there. I've been there multiple times and it's, it is definitely a unique place. It's an interesting place to visit. Not sure that I'd want to live there, but I guess yeah. if you're, uh, you're far enough outside of the city, you just kind of isolate it from, <laughs> from the, uh, the chaos that is the city. Real quick, I have to say this because people are like, why don't you just leave? Why don't you? I have a nice, big, beautiful home with a, with a huge front yard and backyard. My mortgage is $941. That's so when I'm like, do I want to move to LA? Do I want to move, like, you know what I mean, to the ivory tower down in San Diego, all these other places, and then pay, you know, 2000 3000 whatever for a little Cracker Jack box? Uh, no, no, thank you. <laughs> stay, stay in the desert. <laughs> All right. So growing up in Vegas, what was it that you wanted to do with life? 
again, I mean, I think early on I went through the normal, I want to be a fireman, I want to be this, I want to be that. But ultimately, very early on, I realized I wanted to become an entrepreneur because my father at the time owned the largest sporting goods store in Las Vegas. I mean, this was pre-Sports Authority, pre-Big Five, if you're on the East Coast, pre-Models, pre-all this. Uh, and I used to go to the store every time. And I just kind of grew up around it. So uh, I knew that I didn't know what I wanted to do. I just knew I wanted to own a business or work for myself. Did he just work for the company or did he own it? No, he owned it. It was it, it was here based in Las Vegas. In fact, my nice. entire family worked there. He, he employed his... Uh, you know, his brothers and sisters and, and cousins and everyone worked there. I mean, this was at a time when, like, vans were kind of brand new. And yeah. It was, like, the, the first store in town. Not just sporting store, but the first store in town to carry vans and just exploded. And I just remember being around all that saying, this is freaking cool. My aunts and uncles and my, my parents are here and they're dressed kind of not like all my other friends' parents, you know, because they'd be wearing suits and, and whatnot, like, they're just kind of hanging out and having a good time and making money, and that's what I want to be a part of, something like that. Did the sporting goods industry itself appeal to you, or are you just like, I just like the idea of doing this and doing it with family and having a good time and, and making a couple of bucks along the way? I'd say both. I mean, as a kid, you know, you're into baseball and, and sports and stuff like that, and it helps that your parents own a, a very large, nice sporting goods store when all the, the new Nikes came out or shoes or clothes or whatever, like... I always had it, you know what I mean? Like going into baseball, because I played baseball as a kid growing up, I always had the you know top of the line bats, bat bag, glove, you know, what have you. So I think as a kid, of course, that sports thing appealed to me, but I just remember like our family was, how they acted, how they lived. I, I referenced how they dressed, just all that. And then I noticed how my friends' parents were and their lifestyles and whatnot. So again, early on, that I would say is what really attracted me to becoming an entrepreneur. So you were the kid with all the uh, the new latest and greatest gear that all the other kids hated. Pretty much. <laughs> I remember. I, mean, I, rem- we- <laughs> I remember that playing sports. Like, there's always some kid who's like, who's fan. Like, anytime the new Jordans came out or anything, they had them, and I was like, ah, the Joker. What a, what a- oh yeah, Jordan fives, the original like fives with the twenty three. Like, I, I had all those in the Reebok pumps and and all that stuff. Like. Once upon a time, for those that are listening, classic old school, the pumps. Exactly. Reebok pumps were like the you know what's Indeed. Uh, in the shoe industry. So, growing up, did you always just feel like that, or did you ever think about maybe carrying on that, or did, was there ever any conversation about taking over the store or, or anything? No, I mean, eventually he got rid of it in the early 90s for whatever reason. Because every time I ask him, something will happen, I'll be like, man, why did you get rid of the store? And I always get a different answer. So who knows really why? <laughs> there was no talks of that, but that really stuck with me. I mean, even, again, going back to my father, once he was done with the, the store and he sold the store, he got into real estate. Another career, another thing to do where you work for yourself. So growing up from a, a little kid through my teenage years, all that, like I see my father, as most people often learn from him, work, either work for himself or own a business or what have you. So technically, I didn't have a choice but to become an entrepreneur because that's all I know or knew, but I'm real happy that, you know, life turned out the way it did. I'm very appreciative. It's always interesting to me, like when we're doing these interviews, I know you've done a lot as well. And we just hear people's stories and journeys, like how much of who they are today 
was affected both positively and negative by childhood as it relates to work. You know, so for like you, you're looking at your dad and what he's creating and the lifestyle he's creating, not only for himself, but for you as kids and for your family. But then also like contrasting that with, you know, my friends and their dads are always in these suits and they're always gone or they're always working and they're always whatever. And just like I see two polar opposite worlds and immediately like resonating like, okay, I want this over here. I don't want that over there and how that affects us and shapes us into who we are today. Heck yeah. And I think about that all the time because as you know, Grant, I have two boys, five years old and two years old. And I want them to, to get that vibe and feel and I want them to kind of grow up around it so that when they get older, they will have that, I don't know if you call it experience or what, but they will have that thing inside them that tells them, you know what, like I can go out there and make this happen. I can go out there and be who I want to be and make a living the way I want to make a living and be fulfilled. So whenever you're kind of wrapping up high school and starting to transition to like just growing up, did you have any sense of what you wanted to do other than just, I want to be an entrepreneur of some form? I had no clue whatsoever. <laughs> like I, probably like most. Yeah. But yeah, I, I wanted to either be an entrepreneur or work for myself. I wanted to be in sales. At that time, I was like, I wanted to be in sales. I wanted to work for myself. And the, my dad pretty much gave me an option, which, you know, as fathers go, it really wasn't an option. But he said, you're either going to go to school or you're going to learn some type of trade or something so that you can go out there and make it happen. Because I was kind of being lazy during this time. Or you can get the heck out, pretty much. So I chose to go into real estate immediately. And the, and the reason why is because I was interested in real estate, again, going back to my father, but I, I wasn't interested in real estate. And I love the idea that you work for yourself. You can sell houses and make tons of money and, and live this lifestyle, which when I learned when I got into it, eh, probably about 30% of that is true. But the biggest thing was, all right, I can go to college and I can do two, four, six years, whatever it is, depending on what I wanted to do. I could spend tens and tens of thousands of dollars in student loans and then take a block of, again, two, four, six years out of my life. Or I can go to real estate school. I get 90 hours of credits for about 600 bucks and the rest of the money, because it costs money to get into real estate, could go towards, what is it, MLS? Yeah, yeah. yeah. MLS dues. <laughs> See how long it's been? You can go to MLS dues. And go to lockboxes and go to open house uh, stuff, signs, whatever. Like that money will go towards tools to help me in my real estate career. So that's the path I went down. And that was at a time when you actually had to work in real estate. It wasn't like, this is like early, early 2000s. This wasn't like, you know, 2004, 2005, where you just list a house and you got 48, you know, competing offers. Like you had to go out there and bust your butt. So, I'm glad I started during that time because I really had to work hard uh, so that when the real estate you know, industry exploded, I definitely shared in that wealth, but I was more appreciative. I wasn't you know, like a Johnny come lately like, oh my God, this is so easy real estate right. and, and then fall off that cliff in what, what are we talking about 2008, 2009 and be like, oh, this sucks up out here. Yep. I had a similar experience with speaking. Like when I, I first got into speaking when the economy was starting to turn down and just kind of felt like I was, I was really appreciative for the opportunity to, to start then. Cause if I felt like if I could make it during that economy, then when it's good, great. I, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. But just that challenge of being able to try to pull something off or get something started when the odds are somewhat stacked against you. Mm-hmm. How long did you do real estate? I did it until I'll say seven years, maybe. 
What I, is, was, I was in it for a while. Yeah. I mean, I did. Plus, within those seven years, I did investing. I owned tons of properties. I did general real estate. I did new home sales. I did land. I never got into commercial, but I, I pretty much did a, a, you know, almost everything in real estate. Why did you eventually get out of it? I was just burnt, honestly. Like, I love it. I still love it to this day. I mean, I, uh, for fun, because I still have access to the MLS, I'll, I'll go on every once in a blue moon, just, or I'll go on Zillow. Like, I, I love real estate, but I was just burnt. You know what I mean? Like, there's so much you have to do and so much you have to keep, keep up in the real estate industry. And could I have found way better, more efficient processes so, so that I didn't have to work all the time? Uh, probably, but by that time, I just I wanted something new. Like, did you ever regret that at all? Because I think sometimes people, times people like get into an industry or start down a career path, and they feel like this is it, this is what I want to do for a long time. And then you get, you know, five, six, seven years into it, and you're like, it's great. There's nothing wrong with it, but it's kind of it's kind of just run its course. Did that was that a bummer to you, or is that kind of like cool? I'm ready to move on to the next thing. Or where was your head at at that point? No, I, I was ready to move on to the next thing. But it's funny you bring that up because about a year later. After I let my license expire, like I actually, it was when my license expired, I was like, oh man, like this is really it. Like I'm really out of real estate. This kind of sucks. Like, like, again, I loved it. I still do. And it hit me during then, but that, that was only fleeting, that thought. It was like, okay, you know, time to move on. Once upon a time or, or, you know, in the future, maybe I'll get back into it, but for right now, I'm cool. Which, by the way, what I'm doing now with my show and, and the Next Level Society and all this other stuff, my deep, deep, deep plans that I have stored in my brain is to build the business now up to a point where I can go back into real estate, except instead of selling whatever, I'm just going to buy you know, like rental properties and land and commercial and all that. So I want my online efforts to, to fund my investments so that once I, I reach a certain age, who knows when that is, I can kind of just kind of clap, like, like at the craft table, you know, they clap their hands and hold them up and walk backwards. Like, that's what I want to do. You know what I mean? <laughs> Circle of life. Exactly. Gotcha. All right. So as you're starting to wind down real estate, you've been doing it for seven years. You're obviously su- successful at it. How are you figuring out what the next step is for you? I'm kind of searching everywhere of what interests me. I mean, the thing for me is I had to actually enjoy whatever my next thing was because I was doing, you know, hundreds of thousands a year in in real estate. So I I wasn't leaving so much because of the money. I was leaving because, like I said, I was burnt out. So the next thing I wanted to do, I wanted to have that fire in in my belly that, okay, I'm probably not going to make nowhere near as much as I did in real estate, but it's got to be pretty dang fulfilling for me to do it. So I just kind of searched around and and was looking at businesses to buy and just all different types of stuff. And I ended up stumbling on a cafe, coffee shop. I got really interested in that, started doing my research. And once upon a time, back in the day in high school, I had a, a job at a, at a pizza place here in town who had an Illy bar. You know, like Illy, the, the coffee? Yeah. And I just remembered that and I was like, man, I really loved working there and I loved working at the coffee bar and all that. So this may be interesting. Dug deeper and deeper and deeper and then just eventually pulled the trigger and bought the cafe. So where are you at in the real estate point at this point? Like, are you completely out? License expired? You're done? Hang up the jersey? Exactly. License expired. I, you know, lived on savings for a little while 
And while I was kind of figuring out what I'm going to do, yeah, I was already out of real estate. All right. So you hang up your jersey from real estate. You're done there. What is that time period between then and and pulling the trigger on the cafe? And this is less than a year. Okay. Maybe less than six months, actually. Eh, Maybe less than a year. The point is, point I was kind of getting at was, it seems like most people are like, man, I wish I could just quit the real estate thing on Friday and then by Monday have it figured out what I want to do. And I've found for most people, it like it takes months and months oh, of just yeah. kind of like soul searching and figuring out like, what do I want to like? What's the next big thing? Because it's not like I just quit this job and then I just find a new job. It's like no, no. Like if we're if we're all about finding and doing work we actually genuinely love and are passionate about or into, feel like we can make a little dent in the world. Like that just takes time, you know. That really takes time to just kind of, kind of stew and marinate there, rather than just kind of a microwave process where it's like, ding, it's done, it's ready, and now all of a sudden you magically know what you're supposed to do. Though taking that approach never works, if you notice. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like you said, quit on a Friday, start on a Monday. You usually see in people's histories when they do that, like a lot of either job hopping or like different business ventures, like fifty in one year, whatever it is. But you're absolutely right. That's why. With the real estate thing, that's why I was like, ah, six months. And then I was like, oh, no, maybe a little longer. I really, really wanted to, to learn and find out. Same thing with the, with the podcast recently. I did that just last year. It took a couple months and kind of figured out, okay, what's next? So you buy the cafe, running that for a while. Is it an immediate like, all right, this is it. I'm going to be doing this for a while. This is my thing. I found it. I got my jam. What, what are you feeling at that point? All the above. The most greatest thing I've ever done. I'm so bummed. I am bombed that I don't have that cafe right now. I'll tell you why I don't have it, but I built my own, own little like movie in this cafe. Here's what I envision, right? Small cafe. No everybody. Like the cheers. Cheers. That's cafes. what I was thinking. Yep, yep, yep. Yes. I wanted to be in the old Italian guy that sat in the corner who owned the cafe <laughs> with the hats. And you see you see what hats I wear, so I'm already halfway there. And just know everyone when they walk in the door and then have them come over and be like, hey, what's up, Chris? And I'm like, hey, Bob, Mary, how's the boy? What I, like, I, I just romanticized that. Yeah. And that's what I created. Like, it was freaking awesome. I created that. The problem was the economy. Yeah. The economy started to, to decline at this point. Now we're going into 2008, 9-ish, I believe. I want to say 8, actually. And me coming from real estate and, and having a passion for real estate, I paid attention to everything went to my wife and I was like, look, this isn't going to be good. We need to think about what the heck we're going to do because and we're still doing fine at this point, but I just, I don't know. I, I saw where the market was going. I saw the future and I went through and I said, if we don't sell this now and get out while we're ahead, be prepared because we're either going to die in it. And when I say die, I mean like go under and, and mess our credit up and all that. Or, we need to prepare to weather the storm that may last six months, may last two years, may last 10 years. Like we don't know. We can't, yeah. we can't predict that how long it's going to last. So we made the decision to sell it. I want to say we made a profit of like 10 bucks, hundred bucks, whatever it is, <laughs> which to me is a total success because we also dumped a lot of money into it. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And I, again, I'm still bummed. Like it's one of those things where it was a smart business decision to get out, but I often talk with people who know that story personally and they're like, how do you miss it? And I'm like, hell yeah, I miss it. And not only do I miss it, if I ever have the the fortunate opportunity to open another one one day, I absolutely will. Because it was just, I don't know. It was like, picture the conference that, that you and I went to on the, on the second or third floor, whatever it was, where everyone's like 
talking and drinking and doing whatever. Like that was the atmosphere that I created in my cafe and I freaking loved it. And yeah. if I could continue to do that every day, what you and I experienced, what was it a month ago for three days? If I can do that every day, why the heck not? Yeah. That's a, that's an interesting life lesson though there of you're going, you know, I've got my baby. This is my thing. This is what I want to do. But you're kind of looking at the horizon. You see the storm clouds rolling in and you're realizing like, for the good of the business, for the good of my family, I got to make this call to just pull the ripcord on this thing and get out while I can before it gets ugly and before this thing that I love no longer becomes something like that I hate. You know, how do you make that kind of decision? How do you make that call, and how do you process that, especially for something that you you love so much to walk away from it? I try. Like, I'm going to emphasize the word try. I try to separate all emotion out of it. Like, yeah, it's my baby, and yeah, I'm in love with it. And yeah, I worked so hard on this thing, but at the same time, like, look, the the captain of the Titanic is a very honorable man. He went down with the ship, right? I'm not that honorable. I want to live a little <laughs> longer. I want to spend time with my family. So, in in terms of the the cafe, like, I wasn't I, I wasn't prepared to go down with that shit. Nor did I I want to because it's like. You know, is it the greatest thing in the world right now for me? Yeah, absolutely. But I also realize it's not the end all be all. You know, that's just life, ebb and flow, peaks and valleys, whatever you want to say. And I would just have to weather the storm, you know, in terms of like this sucks and moving on. But one day something fantastic would happen and I'll keep chugging along. Just look what I'm doing now. You know what I mean? Like right. the, the love and feel and everything that went into that cafe is the same thing I have now for what I'm doing. Well, I like too that your perspective on it that, you know, I sold it, that season wrapped up, it came to an end, we put a bow on it, but it's not like I can never return to that. You know, it's yes. not like it's locked away and it's permanent. It's just for everything. It's like, man, life is just what's in front of you is this complete blank slate and you can make it to be whatever it is that you want it to be. So if you feel like, you know, today timing's just not right on that, eh, let's put it on the back burner for now, but I still got a long life ahead of me and I can come back to that at any point. Great, but just leaving, like having just kind of that mental, I don't know, just that place in your head where you're like, no, no, I can come back to it. It's not like this permanent thing where I'm, I'm totally retired. You know, it's like, it's like Jordan, you can come out in and out of retirement as much as necessary to come back to that thing that you love. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and with people in general, and I'll just use my story as an example. If I really, really wanted to start a cafe again, like, and I was that passionate about coffee and all that, who's to say I can't do it again? It'll. Sure. Be, it'll be a different building. It'll take different shape, form, different people, what have you. But just because I, I had to put it down, who says I can't come back to it? Sure. Totally. But another thing we talk a lot about on the show is just that priority of I want to eat and live indoors. So therefore, I've got to make tough decisions. So that mean that may mean that while I'm pursuing something that I love, whatever that passion or that dream or that, that thing is – that I'm still doing something over here that's like, ah, I'd rather not be doing this. Uh, it's a lot of work. It's hard. Uh, and it's not something that I'm, I'm excited about necessarily. But I need, to, I need to pay bills. And I've got financial responsibilities. And I want to eat and live indoors. So therefore, I've got to make some of these tough decisions so that long term, it frees me up to be able to do more of, that I, of what I want to. You know, for, So in your spot, like if you'd continue to ride that storm, and let's say worst case scenario, it didn't work out, you may not be in a spot to be able to do a podcast or to do a show or to be able to do something that you want to today because you decided to go down with the ship back then. Exactly. Gotcha. Good stuff. All right. So you wrap up, you sell the shop, devastated, but heart is carrying on with the ship. So <laughs> yeah. where, where do you go from there? 
that was that was a weird time uh, after that because I had no freaking clue what I was going to do because again with the cafe deal that wasn't really a decision made by me. Uh, I mean it was, but I was forced to to make a decision. Uh, I wasn't ready to move on. So with that said, I'm like, man, dang, like what do I do next? I did a couple online stuff here and there, and ended up getting with this company that did, I guess you can call it affiliate marketing at the time. And, you know, because I needed to provide food for my family. And then somebody out of the blue called me up and said, Hey, I just started with this new company and you'd be perfect. I'd, I'd love for you to come down. And I was in just whatever headspace I was at the time because I did not want to be in corporate America, but I listened and I went down there and I talked to him and I entered in uh, corporate America. Whoa, like, how did I end up here? Am I doing it for the money? It was weird, but I, I must say that it was the, I was there for like five years and it was like the greatest experience of my life. Why did you go into that path anyway? Thinking, or just knowing like what we've talked about so far, I've gone, you want to do your own deal, you want to be your own boss, want to be an entrepreneur. Opportunity comes up to go back and, or go into, I guess, like your first taste of cor- corporate America. Why would you even consider that? It's tough to say. I mean, at this point in the game, uh, I, I'm married. I have two small children, five and two. It's, it's different, man. When you have a family, I know you know this. It's like, okay, could I go out and hustle and, and make a living? Probably. What that thing was, who knows? All I know right now is I got a family to support. I have responsibilities as a husband and father, and I need an income, and I need insurance, and I need it now. So I went into corporate America with the mindset of, you know, I'll have a I'll have a, a toe dipped in the water, always knowing that in the background I'm going to be doing something so that the first opportunity I got, I'm going to get the heck out of here. Gotcha. So if anything, like the corporate America gig was buying you time. Exactly. Yeah, it was buying me time. It was it was giving me the luxury of, of paying my bills while I can figure out what I want to be when I grow up. Gotcha. 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 So you do that for five years. Is it immediate? Like. It's, it's resonating, it's clicking like, okay, maybe this isn't so bad after all, or is it more like, sheesh, I'm just counting down the days until this sentence is no, over? No, that's what's weird. Like, I freaking loved it. Not only did I love it, I was bummed when it ended, or when it ended. Like, I, like, I approached corporate America as if I was a, a business owner. Like, I didn't care. I saw all these people around me. They're like, ooh, I don't want to get in trouble, or... I want to impress the bosses or just like, I don't know. It's tough to explain. And I went in and basically was like, here's what I can do. If you don't like it, suck it. Like I wasn't rude about it or anything, (laughs) but I just, I just had this air to me of like, I am going to give you 150% of me. Uh, This is the type of person I am. And and I'm going to make you guys proud. But at the same time, like you have no control over me and you know, I'm not going to be jockeying for any titles or any of this corporate politic nonsense that I immediately saw going into it. And we're just going to have a trade-off. In fact, within the first year, a guy came in and took over for my boss at the time. And he had this, you know, new people come in, they have one-on-ones. And he said, uh, what could I do for you? And I literally said, you can stay out of my way. Like, it was an okay meeting, but that's pretty much how it was. Because I was doing very good. And I wasn't saying stay out of my way because I was trying to be cocky, even though it really sounds like it. But we ended up, you know, talking it out. He stayed out of my way. Fast forward to today, by the way, one of my best friends went to his wedding 
super, 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 super grateful that, you know, he ended up becoming my boss because he was of the same mindset I was and he got me. He understood I wasn't being an ass. Ooh, I'm sorry. Did I just cuss on your show? You're good. That's all right. Oh we'll, my gosh, I'm so sorry. We'll bleep it uh, out. You know, he knows uh, I wasn't being a jerk. He just, he got me. You know what I'm saying? And, and I really, I didn't think about this till just now. I want to credit him for, for me enjoying my experience there so much for the, for the five years and, and really not bouncing earlier or feeling like garbage when I drove to work every day. Like I felt great about what I did. I felt appreciated. So. Gotcha. So you wrap that up. Why did you eventually leave there? Again, I, that was one of those things that got pulled out from under me. The company was bought out by another company. It was a publicly traded company I worked for, bought out by another bigger company because they just wanted the assets pretty much. And they shut the doors down. They laid everyone off. September 20th of last year, it was like a thousand plus people that were let go. Wow. And yeah, it's, you know what it's like? I mentioned a, a pizza shop earlier in the, in, the, in the show. It's like I bought... I go and I buy a, a, a pizza shop, like the longest standing, most famous pizza shop, but I'm only buying it for the ovens. So what do I do when I when I finally take possession is I close down the shop and I take the ovens. That's virtually what happened with us. Gotcha. Wow. Crazy stuff. So when that happens, is that a good thing or is that a bad thing for you? It was bittersweet. Like it allowed me to maybe pull the trigger quicker than I wanted to, you know, because by that point I was, I was kind of like planning my escape and I was like, okay, within a year, within two years, what have you, who knows how long that would have lasted if they didn't come out and make the decision for me. But it was, it was definitely bittersweet. You know, even to this day, I, I still talk about how great my experience was and how great the people were. I mean, at the end of the day, I was loyal to the people, not the brand. So when you leave there, it seems like you just got this theme of like, you're just back to the drawing board, but it doesn't necessarily seem like any of these times it's a bad thing. You know, it just kind of that thing ran its course. And so now I'm looking for the next thing, you know? And I think that's the way most, I think guys like you and I were were wired like this. I've gone, you know, a couple years ago, the idea of doing a podcast wasn't even on the radar, but this, this is the season that we're in. So (laughs) we're going to, we're going to do a podcast for a little bit. And people ask me like, how long are you going to do that? I was like, I don't know, as long as it's fun, you know? And when it's not fun, then I'll go back to the drawing board and find something different. But that idea of you find one thing and that's what you do for the next 30, 40, 50 years of life, it's just, it's just rare that it's the case anymore because most people, we're just not wired like that. We've got a lot of interest and who we are as people is always evolving and changing. It sounds like the things that you have been into and the types of work that you've done, a big piece of what shaped it is where you're at just in life and that season of life and your family and ages and stages that they're in. And it seems like there's all these other factors that are constantly changing and affecting the type of work that we, we choose to do. And that's why, my friend, you and I are friends. That's why we get along so well. We exactly think the same way. Yeah, totally. So you wrap up that deal. It's bittersweet. At what point are you thinking, let's try a podcast? This is September 20th, my last day at Walkout. So you're almost, from the time we're recording this, you're uh, almost right at the year anniversary. Yeah. Actually, yeah, in a couple days, it'll be exactly one year since my, my departure. Yeah. I go on vacation for a couple weeks because I think to myself, if I don't go on vacation now, who knows when I'll go again? I'm just one of those. Went to Italy, came back from Italy, uh, immediately found a job because it's like, okay, I need an income, blah, blah, blah. They accepted an extremely high paying position in Brooklyn, New York. I go out there, my wife and I have, we find a place where, we're about to sign a lease, and the night before, we have one of those conversations that husbands and wives have 
that usually happen at like 11 o'clock at night and don't last or don't end until like three in the morning. Like those really crappy timing conversations. <laughs> and what came out of it is this isn't what I'm going to do. This isn't, it doesn't feel right. Like there's just a multitude of reasons why we made that decision, but we did make the decision. Came home faced with what am I going to do? I started looking at cafes again, but this entire time after I made the decision, I wanted to like stay positive, stay focused, stay in the, the mindset that I just came from and not get lazy and not lose focus. And I'm listening to podcasts this entire time. And at one point, I think this is around November now, maybe beginning of December uh, of last year. I was like, why don't I just start a podcast? Like I could do that. I've always had a love for talk radio. I always found it interesting. I don't think John Dumas was as John Dumas as he is now back then. I mean, he was, but you know what I mean? Like, sure. so I, I had, you know, people like him to reference to and others. They're like, okay, you can make a living at this. It seems like fun. I could wear whatever the heck I want and talk to interesting people. So yeah, this is what I'm going to do. And I was fortunate enough by the time or by that time that I had a nice runway in terms of uh, finances. So I was able to, to dive into this thing at first, still have my bills paid and really try to make a go out of it. Looking back on the past year, is there anything that you would change or do differently? Probably not because, I mean, I, I made mistakes. I'm one of those people that's like, look, if you go back and, and change stuff, like who knows what course that could take you down. And, right. And, you know what I mean? Like if uh, totally. this was back to the future, I don't want my picture to be fading on that picture. You know what I mean? Cause I went back <laughs> and changed some stuff. Yes. But each dead end road I went down, it was a major learning experience. And I just backed the car up and get back on the main highway and keep plugging forward. And it just, I mean, think about it. If I went and changed one little tweak of, of something, would you and I even be talking to this? Day? Sure. Would you and I even be friends? Like who knows? So, uh, I just let, let the past be the past. Nice. Great stuff, man. Enjoyed the journey and just sharing your journey of, again, all of these like start stop moments. I'm the same way with, with as you. It's just like people ask me, what kind of regrets you have? It's like, ah, I mean, I've done dumb things, but I just, there's not, a, there's nothing I'd really change. Like everything that has happened has led me to the point that I'm at today. And so I wouldn't really do anything differently. The good, bad, the ugly, that's like, that's life. You know, nobody's living a perfect life here. So being able just to embrace that and know that that thing that happened then led me to where I'm at today. Great. That's awesome because I wouldn't be experiencing this today had it not happened. So awesome, dude. Appreciate you sharing your, your journey, your story. For people that want to learn more about you, that want to check out The Cerrone Show, where can we go? Just go on uh, CeroneShow.com. It's literally the hub for everything. It's got the show. It's got my group. All my social media accounts are in there. So if you want to find me on Twitter, Facebook, whatever, it's all on CeroneShow.com. <clears throat> Awesome. And I, uh, let's see, I was looking up here. I'm on episode 48. You and I had a little chit chat and uh, had a good time there. So if people want to check that out, feel free to visit that as well. So Chris, always good talking with you, my man. We'll talk to you again real soon. Thank you. Boom. There you go. Hope you enjoyed that. A little chit chat with Chris Roan of the Chris Roan Show. As always, feel free to stop by grandbaldo.com slash Chris Roan, C-E-R-R-O-N-E. You can check out everything that we discussed today. A little summary of the show, links uh, to everything. You can check out his podcast as well. I was interviewed on his show, so uh, you can swing by. You can check that out on uh, his site as well. We'd love to have you uh, download that, listen to our, uh, our fun conversation. Hey, uh, coming up, I've got a lot of travel in the next several weeks. Uh, this week, I'm in Dallas. Uh, 
Dallas speaking at a few different things. Next week, going to be in uh, Charlotte. Looking ahead, I'm going to be in uh, Gatlinburg, Tennessee, Billings, Montana, Biloxi, Mississippi, Philadelphia, Jonesboro, Arkansas, Boston, Minot, North Dakota, Kansas City. I'll be in Wyoming in uh, another month or so. Got a lot of travel coming up, a lot of different speaking engagements that I'm going to be at. So uh, if I am in any of those areas, just go back 30 seconds, listen to all those places I just rattled off. If I am near you and you're in the area, I'd love to meet up with you. I'd love to say hey, and I'd love to connect. So feel free to shoot me an email, grant at grantbaldwin.com. You can always uh, tweet me on the Twitter, at Grant Baldwin. But uh, as always, I would encourage you to reach out and uh, connect and let me know if there's anything I can do on your own journey to find and do work you love. I really dig you. I believe in you. I'm cheering for you. I'm in your corner. I'm like Mickey from Rocky. You're in the ring. You're the one that's going to battle right now, trying to figure out what it is that you're going to do and trying to figure out how to actually make that happen. And I'm just that old guy. And wait a minute, now that I'm thinking about this, and that, Mickey dies, doesn't he? Crap. All right. Well, all right. Just while Mickey's alive, that's me. I'm in your corner. I'm cheering for you. I'm rooting for you. And I want you to succeed. So whatever it is that I can do to help you on your journey, I'm in. I want to support you. So you're awesome. Keep crushing it. Keep being awesome. That's it. Just do that. Just be awesome. Let's put a bow on this episode. Episode 44. I'm out. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the How Did You Get Into That podcast with Grant Baldwin. Don't forget to visit grantbaldwin.com for all the show notes and links discussed in today's episode. We'll see you next time.